In Exodus chapter 20 and verse 12, it says, Honor thy father and mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Honor thy father and thy mother, that thy days may be long upon the land which the Lord thy God giveth thee. Well, the promise uh, to honoring your father and your mother uh, is, a, is a really great promise. That you would live long, that you'd have long life as a result of honoring your father and your mother. And then we'll go to the New Testament counterpart of that, if you'll look to the book of Ephesians, Ephesians chapter 6, and we'll uh, look to verse 2. Ephesians chapter 6 and verse 2, very similar uh, phrasing. In verse 2 it says, Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. I'm here thankful for the promises of God. Honor thy father and mother, which is the first commandment with promise. So God has promised us something in here in this next verse, verse 3, that it may be well with thee and that thou mayest live long on the earth. Well, so here he gives you a little bit more uh, clarity. He says that it would be well with you and that you would live long on the earth. So there are two things that are promised here. First, uh, that it would be well with you and that you would live long. I mean, you know, who wants to just live long and it not be well? But thank God, God wants us to have long life and he wants to satisfy us with long life. And they that set their love upon him, he said, would be satisfied with long life. And so it is a promise of God that it would be well with you as, as, as well as. Living a long life, praise God. So God wants you to have wellness, wholeness, soundness, and he wants you to live long, praise God. Why? Because you're a Christian. You're his child, and he wants you to have a long life and be satisfied and blessed with long life, and he wants it to be well with you, praise God. Well, he says in both of these verses that we have uh, read uh, that we are to honor our father and our mother, so I'm just going to give you a definition from uh, Weist uh, commentary. I'll say uh, honor is, uh, is T, the word in the Greek is T-I-M-A-O. And then it says to estimate or fix the value. To estimate or fix the value. Uh, that's what God did with you, Thank you Lord. and with us. God estimated or fixed a value upon our lives. God has so valued humanity. He has so valued our lives. Even though Adam's sin and sin affected all of the human race, Adam so valued, I mean, God so valued us that he loved us and he sent his son. That's the value he placed upon our lives. I should get a better amen than that. 
I said, he so valued your life that he sent his son Jesus to die in your place and to give you eternal life, praise God, and restore you back to God and give you a place in heaven, praise the Lord. I mean, the the list is long. You could preach for many, 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 many years of the reason that you should shout when you uh, find out, glory to God, that God so loved you that he gave his only begotten son and he valued you so much that he gave his only son to purchase your redemption and to purchase you back to himself and to bring you into the family of God and make you his very own. And Satan no longer has dominion over your life because Jesus is Lord of your life and you've been delivered from the power of darkness and translated into the kingdom of God's dear son in whom we have redemption through his blood, even the forgiveness of sins. And we could preach a long time on that. Praise the Lord. But thank God today Jesus placed a value upon us and God placed a value on us and he loved us. And God gave his son and Jesus gave his life so that we could have eternal life. Praise God. So that means he valued each one of us. He valued the whole human race. That means he valued each one of us. So that means he valued you. So that means you're valuable. Hallelujah. The price that was paid for you makes you very valuable. Praise God. So you are valuable to God. Hallelujah. And of course, he says to honor your father and your mother so... God values fatherhood and motherhood. He created man to procreate. He created Adam and Eve to have children. The problem with that is they sinned and messed up the program, and then they had children. But Jesus redeemed us back to himself, hallelujah, and made us new creations in Christ and made us alive with the very life and nature of God and gave us life. And then he said, now you have some good children where you can train up in the way of the Lord. Hallelujah. Praise God. So God values fatherhood and motherhood, and he says that we are to honor our father and our mother. To honor someone, therefore, is to evaluate that person accurately and honestly and trust him and treat him with deference, respect, reverence, kindness, courtesy. That sounds good, doesn't it? Treat your mother and your In this case, we're talking about mothers, but mother and father. With deference, respect, reverence, kindness, courtesy, and obedience, which his station in life or his character demands. Just his position or her position. Or also their character demands it. We understand that not every mother in the world has good character. But we're Christians. And we're growing, right? In character. Thank you, Jesus. 
expositor says, obedience is the duty, honor is the disposition of which the obedience is born. The disposition of which the obedience is born. So honor is the disposition, the attitude, which obedience is born. It's one thing to obey, uh, but you all know that children can obey and not have a good attitude when they do, right? Or have the right attitude. Or people can obey and not have the right attitude. Adults can obey and not have the right, right attitude. But our disposition, our attitude is important as well as our obedience. So attitude, a bodily posture showing a mental state or mood, a manner that shows one's disposition, your facial expression, the way you turn and the way you express yourself. <laughs> it matters. So you want to train your children, of course. Not everybody has small children or young children. But you want to train your children to obey. You want to train them to honor. Because it's to their benefit. It's not uh, just because you want to make them obey. It's because you want them to grow up and understand honor. So deference is a yielding in opinion and judgment, courteous regard and respect, in deference to, because of regard for a person, his wishes, etc. So showing deference or yielding in opinion, yes, sir, yes, ma'am. Praise God. Now, Kelly is our principal in our Christian school, Word of Life Academy, and so she deals with a lot of children and a lot of young people, and she sees a lot of variations in one hour. So she sees a lot of variations in disposition and attitude and the way uh, children respond or act or react or so it's important to train our children. Praise God. All right, so let's go back to the scripture now. I'll just give you a few pointers here for uh, ways to honor your mother or your father. Now, at different ages, it, it's going to be very different, isn't it? So the ways to honor would be obey your parents or secondly, to be open to their wise counsel. Thirdly, to take time to listen. Fourth, to show her respect. Number five, to be kind and courteous to her. Number six, do not be cynical toward her. Number seven, take care of them in their old age if they need you to. Or assist them. 
Because you go through different seasons of life. I mean, my mom was um, always took care of us, you know, when we were kids. And my father died when I was eight years old, and so she had four children still at home. And uh, she had ten total. So that's enough and more than enough. That's running over. Good measure, pressed down, shaken together. But so my mother had 10 children, and uh, one of them passed as a, as a little baby. And uh, so she had nine total that were living. And so uh, my father passed, and then she is still a mom with four children. So I know there's a lot of variations that different people have gone through in their life and seasons in their life. But that's a pretty difficult season for a person to face. But she faced it with faith. She faced it with faith. And she was a woman of faith and trusting God. And so, you know, she was very faithful uh, to pray. Always heard my mama praying. She was faithful to pray. And some of you knew her. Some of you didn't. But uh, she was faithful to pray. She was faithful to serve. She served in the local church. She served here. Uh, but she served pretty much all her life. And uh, she was uh, saved as a uh, young girl. And uh, so she served in the local church. She was faithful to serve. She was faithful to love people. She loved everybody. Praise the Lord. And she would speak a word of encouragement. She would uh, encourage people. She was an exhorter. That was one of her gifts and graces. She'd exhort people. And uh, she cared for people. And so she helped take care of people. I appreciate people in the church that help take care of people. Thank you, Jesus. I mean, Daryl here on the front row, he's always watching out for elderly people. Praise the Lord. People in the hospital. You know, but people taking care of people. People loving people. Well, so I appreciate my mom. I thank God for my mother. I thank God for her faithfulness and her uh, example of faith. Uh, thank God for my wife. Thank God she, we only had one child. And uh, praise the Lord for my wife. Because she, you know, was a daughter. So I'm a father and I do my part as a father. Uh, but uh, mothers have a lot more seemingly to do when it comes to children. And especially if it's a girl. Would the mothers agree? All right, so then uh, there's, there's a lot to raising children. It's just uh, uh, a big responsibility, but it's a big honor that God gives to you. Thank you, Jesus. So then, of course, if your children are to honor you, you should teach children while they're young. Teach them to honor. Uh, Matthew 15 and 4 is a pretty sobering verse. It says, 
For God commanded, saying, Honor thy father and, and mother, and he that causeth, curseth father and mother, let him die the death. Now, the law was pretty strong. How many are thankful for grace? Most of us would not be here. I don't think any of us would be here if it wasn't for the grace of God. Hallelujah. I mean, you're glad for the grace of God. Hallelujah. Uh, when you didn't do it right. Praise the Lord. Thank you, Jesus. So it's a very serious matter to God to give honor where honor is due. And Proverbs 31 gives us some words about a virtuous woman. In Proverbs 31, if you'll go there with me, and we'll begin with verse 10. You can read the whole proverb and be blessed, but I will not take the time to do so. Thank you, Jesus. In Proverbs 31 and verse 10, it says, Who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. So the Word of God places a value. Who can find a virtuous woman? Her price is far above rubies. Let's skip down, if you will, to verse 25. In verse 25, it says, Strength and honor are her clothing, and she shall rejoice in the time to come. She openeth her mouth with wisdom, and in her tongue is the law of kindness. She looketh well to the ways of her household, and eateth not the bread of idleness. Now, if you're a mother, if you've been a mother with, with small children, uh, you didn't have much idle time. Time was taken up, right? She looks well to the ways of her household and eateth not of the bread of idleness. Her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. Well, that's a good report. Praise the Lord. It said, her children arise up and call her blessed, her husband also, and he praiseth her. So we see that the husband is setting an example for the children to follow. So I'm going to take you over to uh, 1 Peter, and we'll look at verse 7, 1 Peter verse 7. First Peter, verse 7. It says, Likewise, ye husbands, dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife. Giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel, and as being heirs together of the grace of life, that your prayers be not hindered. So husbands are to give honor to their wives. I'm going to read the verse again because I think it's so full. It's good for us to read it. Likewise, ye husbands, 
dwell with them according to knowledge, giving honor unto the wife as unto the weaker vessel and as being heirs together of the grace of life. That your prayers be not hindered. So you want your prayers to be effective. So uh, giving honor to your wife would uh, enable you to have an effective prayer life. Now, there's a different word uh, for this particular word, honor, in the Greek. And Strong says to honor, it's, it's very similar, but this is a value, money paid, praise the Lord. It costs you something to have a wife, right? She likes clothes. She likes shoes. I mean, and purses, and, right? Come on, ladies. I need a little help from the ladies section. What? <laughs> praise the Lord. And then my wife liked horses, so praise the Lord. That's, we could go back to the shoes and the purses. The horses will take some money. They eat a lot. They take a lot. <laughs> All right. <laughs> Praise the Lord. Money paid, valuables, to esteem, especially of highest degree, or the dignity itself, to honor precious price. And we says, the word honor is the translation of the same Greek word in uh, verses 1 and 19 translated precious. The word honor is translated precious. Christian husbands are to deem their helpmeet which God has given them precious and are to treat them with honor. The word giving is the rendering of the Greek word, which means to assign to or portion off. Husbands should keep a special place of honor in their hearts for their wives. They should treat them with a special deference, courtesy, respect, and kindness. A little kindness goes a long ways. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. You know, you can develop bad habits in a relationship of not treating with kindness and courtesy and respect. I won't talk long there. I said you can develop bad habits, but you can correct bad habits. And so you can uh, make adjustments and, and begin to treat with a greater respect and Value and see them as valuable and precious. Now, just understand that when God tells you to treat them with value and see them as valuable and precious, that God sees them that way. So, however he sees them is the way you want to see them. Praise the Lord. We're, we are all working at that, right? We're still growing. Thank you, Jesus. Thank God for his mercy. 
and grace. Amen. So we're going to go to Luke chapter 2. Luke chapter 2. And I would say one of the best ways to train your children to honor their mother is to honor your wife. Because your example sometimes goes further than your words. Praise the Lord. All right, verse uh, 51. This is about Jesus. Now, Jesus is our greatest example in the Bible. Would you say? Jesus here in verse 51, it says, And he went down with them, speaking of his parents, and came to Nazareth and was subject unto them, but his mother kept all these sayings in her heart. So Jesus was submissive to his mother and father. And Jesus increased in wisdom, in stature, and in favor with God and man. Remember, Jesus was God, but Jesus was man. And Jesus still had to study the scripture. Jesus still had to read the Bible. Jesus still had to uh, increase in wisdom and in stature. So it says Jesus increased in wisdom and stature and favor with God and with man. So Jesus himself submitted to his parents. And so he honored his parents and gave them the proper place of authority in his life. Your submission causes you to increase in wisdom. When children submit, they increase in wisdom. It's hard to hear when you're not submitted. It's hard to learn when you're not submitted. It's hard to grow in wisdom and favor. But when you submit, it opens up the blessing of wisdom to you. And that in itself is preparation for their purpose in life. Now go with me to John chapter 2, which is another example of Jesus. In John chapter 2, verse 1, it says, And the third day there was a marriage in Cana of Galilee. And the mother of Jesus was there, and both Jesus was called and his disciples to the marriage. And they wanted wine, and the mother of Jesus saith unto him, They have no wine. And Jesus saith unto her, Woman, what have I to do with thee? Mine hour is not yet come. So Jesus at this point is saying to his mother, he already has his disciples, but he says, Mine hour is not yet come. And his mother saith unto the servants, Whatsoever he saith unto you, do it. So mother takes authority. Mary takes authority. Whatsoever he saith to you, do it. And there were set there six water 
pots of stone after the manner of the purifying of the Jews containing two or three firkings apiece. And Jesus saith unto them, fill the water pots with water. And they filled them up to the brim. So Jesus did what his mama said. She was instrumental in Jesus' first miracle. I mean, that's pretty powerful. Jesus, the son of God, she's instrumental. Mother tells them, do whatever he says do. Now, you notice she didn't say, do whatever I say do to them. She said, do whatever he saith to you. But Jesus understood that she was giving orders and direction. And Jesus saith unto them, Fill the water pots with water, and they fill them up to the brim. And he saith unto them, Draw out now, and bear to the governor of the feast, and they bear it. And when the ruler of the feast had tasted the water that was made wine, he knew not whence it was, but the servants which drew the water knew. And the governor of the feast called the bridegroom, and saith unto him, Every man at the beginning doth set forth good wine. And when men have well drunk, then they, uh, that which is worse. But thou hast kept the good wine until now. This beginning of miracles did Jesus in Cana of Galilee and manifested forth his glory and his disciples believed on him. So he obeyed the voice of his mother and performed his first miracle. Miracles happen in and through your life when you honor your father and your mother and obey their voice. Supernatural things occur in your life. Good things happen when you obey the voice of your father and your mother. If your children will learn to obey your voice, they will learn to obey God's voice. You are God's authority in their life. Go with me to John 19. We'll give you one more scripture. Here again, Jesus being the example. Praise the Lord. A different season. In verse 25 in John 19... Now there stood by the cross. Jesus is on the cross. There stood by the cross of Jesus, his mother, and his mother's sister, and Mary, the wife of Cleopas, and Mary Magdalene. So there are three Marys at the cross. It's interesting who they are. Mary Magdalene being one of them. I just watched a cowboy show. And you know, in cowboy shows, usually you got a saloon. And sometimes you've got saloon girls. And so this, this particular one was shunned by everyone, shunned by the women 
in the town, especially, and ran her out of town. And so then she went to this next town, and the sheriff said, you can't stay here. And some other people that were on the show that's really the stars of the show were real gracious to her and kind to her. You know, Mary Magdalene was not a virtuous woman. But when others were condemning her, Jesus loved her. He that is without sin cast the first stone. Everybody dropped their rocks. <laughs> so Jesus stooped down and wrote on the ground. It's a little mystery what he wrote. But whatever he wrote, they got the message. So God had mercy. God had mercy on Mary Magdalene. And here's Mary Magdalene at the foot of the cross. She hasn't forgot what Jesus did for her. So when they were treating this woman that way, I was thinking about Mary Magdalene. And I appreciated the stars of the show that they were Showing graciousness to her. And she wanted it. Showed that she wanted change. She wanted to change from where she had been. She didn't want to live that way any longer. But it just took a little bit of kindness. A little bit of love. Praise God. You know, loving people that are sometimes outcast to society. Now, that could be in a lot of different degrees and a lot of different ways that people don't love, people that don't care for. It makes a difference. It draws them to Jesus. So here they are looking up at Jesus on the cross. And Jesus, therefore, saw his mother and the disciples standing by him. This is John because it's the writings of John. Whom he loved. So John had a consciousness in his writings that Jesus loved him. Whom he loved. He saith unto his mother, Woman, behold thy son. And he saith to the disciple, Behold thy mother. And from that hour, that disciple took her unto his own home. So we don't know. We, we assume Joseph is dead now. I mean, because here he is appointing someone to care for his mother. So Jesus, some of his last words, is taking care of his mom. So that was why I put in the, my list taking care of them or assisting them in their old age. Or in their weakest time of life. Jesus thought about his mother. 
and made sure she was taken care of. Wow. Praise God. I had the honor to help take care of my mother in her older life. Praise God. It was a great honor. So Jesus has given us examples of how to honor your father and your mother through your life. Praise God. Now, if he'd been living, he would have taken care of her. If he would appoint someone else to do so. Right? But he was dying for the sin of the whole world. Jesus was crucified. He died. He was buried. But thank God he rose on the third day. Thank God Jesus is alive and he is risen from the dead and he is Lord. Praise God forevermore. And thank God for his lordship in our life.